Hello there. This is Ryan and Victoria Cole. We're so glad you've joined us for another episode of Needed Conversations. It's been an awesome conversation. If you've joined us last week, we talked about what makes a high value man. And that was so much depth. I felt like we could have went on and on and on because we actually, for the first time, clipped some videos from YouTube, which is not necessarily of people that we aspire, but we wanted to pull things that the world talks about and says, what does it mean to be a high value man and high value woman? And also make sure that we put it in the context of what does the Bible say and what we as Christians, what is our standard for um, us as individuals so that we can also, you know, be healthy in ourselves and find that potential someone that yeah. may have had this, that should have the same kind of standards. That's right. You know, these are viral conversations that are happening online because the world is in um, a social dilemma. It's evident, obviously, in the conversations that we have around gender and sexuality. And I'm speaking from a non-Christian perspective. We know what our paradigm is. But even people who are Christians don't necessarily espouse to a biblical worldview when it comes to dating and marriage. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's important that we are also having these conversation conversations because, um, as the Bible mentions, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. And so... Uh, that means that there's answers and solutions right there in the Bible. Um, if you haven't already, I recommend the book that we wrote, I Love You More, Most, and Forever. It's really a dating guide, right? And that's what this conversation is all about, addressing the dating dilemma. And right now, the biggest crisis that we are facing in the world is this social dilemma. Number one, what does it mean to be human? Yeah. And then what what does my gender uh, have to do with my identity? And my purpose. And uh, what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? And more specifically, what is that? Yeah. What is a woman? What is a man? And so let, starting with definitions and then peeling back the layers, um, you'll be able to date more effectively once you go into the dating arena, understanding what it is that you're looking for in a man and kind of dealing with your superficial wish list and really putting together a strong wish list that has more to do with morals and values and spiritual uh, spiritual pursuit, uh, those sorts of things, instead of just the superficial things. Now, not that physicality and chemistry and attraction isn't important, but it isn't the most important thing. And so that's really what the book, I Love You More, Most and Forever, does. It flips the dating strategy on its head and has you start with the outer court, which is spiritual, the inner court, which is the matters of the soul, and then finally the Holy of Holies, which deals with the, the covenant, which then leads you into cultivating romance, chemistry within the relationship, etc. So make sure you uh, pick that up if you haven't already. Plus, we've got tons of other marriage resources like spicy uh, sex, mm -hmm. like, um, uh, you know, workbooks, free uh, webinars that you can go through. All of that is on moremostforever.com. So visit that now. And if you're not following us on Instagram, what are you doing with your life? I mean, we've got a great Instagram page constantly dripping out inspiration about dating and marriage. And so this conversation is about dating. But uh, if you're married, you should still tune in because there's some things that I know that you'll find interesting. Plus, I know you got some single friends, so hit that share button now. Before we jump into the conversation, 
and let everybody you know, especially the ones who are single, let them know that this conversation is happening and that they they need to listen to it. I, I know, but re- anybody, regardless whether you're married or not, everybody kind of needs a tune-up in their personal Absolutely. identity. So I think us talking about a high-value man and high-value woman maybe kind of fallen off the bandwagon and kind of became a little complacent. That's a great, that's a great idea. So I think that that's a great thing to listen to, not only for your single friends, but let's let's all stay growing and motivated to be become better our better selves. Maybe you weren't a high value man or woman when you got married, but you know you're now you're older. It. You're you're becoming that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when we say the words high value, um, we're taking it from the the world's context. So that is not a biblical worldview. Obviously. What gives us value is the blood of Jesus. He yeah. paid a high price for us. And so we're valuable because we're made in the image and likeness of God, and we've been redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ and now are in right standing with God the Father. But in the context of dating, the term that is being used, high-value woman, high-value man, has to do with what is a a very attractive, all-around attractive person looking for in a spouse Mm -hmm. and uh am am i being hypocritical in in my pursuit of a spouse am i looking for something that i myself am not right and so last week was a very eye-opening conversation about a high value man and uh we listened to some clips like victoria said and we're going to do the same again today i think it's important for us to hear what the world is saying uh, because it's not all bad. I think a lot of the concepts that they actually talk about is is reasonable and it's very logical. Um, and the, so we wanted to pull a couple of clips. Uh, one of the first clips that I found uh, was on modern women, and um, it was talking about a traditional woman versus like a boss babe. And again, we're not endorsing any of these people, so if there's any kind of foul language, we're, of course, going to edit that out for the sake of this podcast because this is a clean podcast. Um, but just hear the whole concept, I guess, so that you can understand um, what people out there are thinking and um, what people's opinions are of when it comes to you know a traditional woman versus a boss babe and what men actually desire in today's society. Because if we're talking about a high-value woman, uh, modern feminism has promoted the idea that a successful woman is a high-value woman. Yes. And when I use the term success, I'm borrowing it from the world. And so successful within your industry, you succeeded in... Money. Yeah, money. Influence. Promoted yeah. to the highest level within your Maybe industry. making as much as a man is, but you're also making working more than a man. like a horse. <laughs> Yeah, it comes with its trade-offs for sure. But that's what most women feel, if you were to ask them, is what makes up a high-value woman. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... what When you ask a woman, you know, how do you rate yourself on attractiveness from 0 to 10, um, they don't necessarily give an objective answer. It's basically how I feel about myself, which is irrelevant when it comes to the question of attractiveness it's how how are you perceived by men mm-hmm. and what are those men looking for and what we quickly discover is that men aren't looking for boss babes mm-hmm. they don't care that you're a boss babe and they would they love to champion 
women. I mean, I'm one of those. Yeah. Like my wife is entrepreneurial. She's very savvy. What she does with her hands, who she is and what she can create out of nothing astounds me. But I didn't marry her um, for her ability to bring in money. Yeah. Because I hold true to more traditional um, roles when it comes to the relationship. Not everybody does. But the majority of men still have this innate desire to provide and protect. Yeah. And so I wasn't ever looking for a wife. In fact, the exact opposite. The girls that I dated um, were very driven and ambitious. And it was the conversations about timelines of when would you want to have children? Yeah. And what did you want to do with your life? And and what happens when you did have children? What what are we going to do with those kids while you're pursuing this career? And it was those conversations of I'm going to finish my degree and work in my industry for several years. And when I've reached this level of success, then I feel like I'm ready for a child. That's great. But for me, that wasn't the woman I was looking for. So they were valuable women, but it wasn't necessarily what I valued as a man. Right. And it turns out the statistics are are on my side when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of men do not care about your boss babe status. They yeah. care about whether or not you are going to be able to um, fulfill that that need within the man of bearing children or at least raising a family, whether or not you can have children, but raising a family and also submitting to the vision that he provides and working together towards a common mission. Yeah. That's sure. what the, the average high quality man is looking for. And of course, we throw beauty in the midst of that as well. Youth, which the reason youth is attractive to men is because she's of childbearing years. Yeah. Right. So let's jump into a couple of these videos. I didn't mean to ramble there. Um, but we're talking about what is a high value woman. Let's get the world's perspective and jump in on this debate. Then we're going to come back to the Bible and. Yeah. Sounds Victoria great. has some great things for you. Yeah, women leave women divorce men seventy to eighty percent of the time. I I would argue in relationships it's probably similar. Men aren't leaving, women are. So to a guy's point of view, he's going to commit to this girl, and what does he get? He doesn't get purity anymore. You know these these hoes. You know he doesn't he doesn't get youth anymore. So he doesn't get either of those things. A lot of times she already has a kid. So so. He, he's not fulfilling his mating strategy. On top of that, even if he does find a good woman that maybe has the qualities he's looking for, he, she was going to want him to marry her, right? And what does he get out of that? Oh, she can leave and take half and take my kids. Okay. And she's paid to take my kids away from me. She, she gets more money if she takes my children. Mm-hmm. And so from the men's point of view, they're just kind of like, F it, because like women aren't wives nowadays. And what do they get out of it? But like, you know- Men are logical. Sorry. They're logical people. And so they're they're thinking, does the benefit outweigh the cost? And like, I just think as women, we have to look at ourselves and say, the benefits we bring nowadays don't outweigh the cost for most men. You know, for the, for the sake of argument, and finally it's about my turn to, you know, help the boys out. I'll tell you something. Hello, boys, do you know the best way for you to deal with a modern woman? Be stush. Stush means be... A bit more stuck up about yourself because actually girls don't like rejection. And the moment you reject one, she wants you more because it's a challenge. At that moment, you've got the power. If you want her, you, you want to maneuver and check what she's on and you want to get her in your, in your but, books. But, okay, but yeah, listen, 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 to this from, listen, kinda... to this, listen to this from the men's point of view. So I have to play a bunch of games with these women in order to get to them to, to commit to me. Why do it at all? 
because because why, this, why is it worth it? Yeah, no. it's like what what is the benefit to the men? Like what genuinely? Who who in here has a cookbook? Maybe maybe you. Maybe I don't you need do. a cookbook. I do. What I do. You don't but, need like, a cookbook. But that's I have what one, I'm saying. Are like, you asking for can cook? A, no, a, I'm, my my point is none of us in here are, can be considered traditional women. Mm. You go ahead and speak first. <laughs> I mean, she definitely unpacked quite a bit um, as far as, you know, uh, what, why men, I think, are probably more afraid to commit in, nowadays because, again, this culture of feminine empowerment, which I'm for, but I'm not uh, for stumping on top of somebody uh, and, and, and it being at an expense of basically putting somebody down, but then also wanting a relationship with them. It just doesn't make sense what, what to do you me. Mean? Like, like the feminine movement is woman empowerment, but also step, stop, you know, stomp on the men, step on top of them. You know what I'm saying? And talk bad about them and how all, you know, they can't do this and women can do all this and I can be bad by myself, but then also wanting a relationship. Well, you can't have it both ways. Like what? Okay. So the person comes in, uh, like a man comes into your life and he is wanting to offer these things but you're not available. So what do you want him to be? Like a boy toy? Like whoever wants to be valued in that sense. So you have to come to the table and say, okay, what is important to me? And then also talk with that person. What is important to them? And, you know, success to them is going to mean different things. And what they're looking for in a spouse is going to be two different things because this, you know, the modern day woman is all like focused on success and then making a certain amount of money. Therefore, she also wants a man that will match that. But like we've talked last week, that that's not going to happen. Like that's just not going to happen. It's just the statistics of that happening are very, very slim. Yeah. I think that she is mentioning the dilemma we talk about all the time on this podcast, which is modern dating is not that old. And so if you go back just a few hundred years, if that people dated for different kind of needs for survival. They dated with very clear roles that, that each gender would play. And we can talk about the oppression of women and liberating them so that they could become educated so that they can become, you know, contributing members of our society in terms of voting and all of that and playing roles within our society. And again, like I said last week, it's not about, not being able to do certain things and achieve certain goals. It's about when Mm -hmm. and understanding that your youth is valuable. And if you endeavor to be married, right. And have children at some point, you have to take advantage of your youthful years. Mm -hmm. And the dilemma that she's throwing there is like the average woman is not traditional yet. The average man is still more traditional than yeah. the average woman is modern. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Like, so the the women have progressed in terms of, of what they consider uh, success being in their lives, yet men has still maintained this. Even men, I, I, I'll say this. There are a lot of men who, because we've been beaten down so often, mm-hmm. um, and, and sometimes the pushback was rightfully so because men have treated women horribly over the years. Um, But now the pendulum have swung and we have to ask ourselves, you know, just because the men are silent doesn't mean that they agree with us. Yeah. 
sure. And so a lot of times when a man is being confronted, and this is a marriage tip too, if the woman is talking and talking and talking, that talking turns into nagging, that man is more than likely going to shut down. And it's not that he doesn't have an opinion. It's that he's now counting the cost as to whether or not that opinion is going to cost him. Mm-hmm. And whether or not you really want him to be honest or whether or not you want him to agree with you. And the vast majority of men, I would say, in this society, when it comes to this tidal wave of women with this feminist ideology standing against them, they would rather be silent and keep their opinion to themselves and on the down low search for a woman who plays that traditional role than to be honest with you yeah. about what he really wants. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I think men are very logical. And from the point of view that she pointed is that they basically think in this way, does the cost, you know, outweigh the benefits? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if, and if the cost outweighs the benefits, then why pursue this relationship? Why even waste my time? But of course, if, if the benefits outweigh the cost, they're willing to, you know, do what it takes to have that relationship. And again, nobody's perfect. I think that uh, both individuals have to have a really a realistic expectation. And in, and I think in the uh, other clip of the same video, she's talking about, you know, women need to be realistic. Are you addicted to a lifestyle or you want con- companionship? Because a lot of times we want uh, a man to take care of us and provide financially so we can get our hair done and nails done. But for just that very sake, to keep a man for that sake so that you can keep a lifestyle instead of I am having this relationship because of I want a companion. I want somebody to do life with. Are you being superficial um, or are you being realistic? Right. Let's hear what she has to say. And back then, an average guy could get a traditional woman. And now what does he get? He gets a boss babe, a girl that's been ran through. He gets an ex-ho. And what do this I is, get? As, as women, yeah. this is what, what do we get? We still get protection and provisioning. Are you sure? And the average salary... I mean, okay, okay, but here's, here's the thing. The average salary could cover an apartment. And, but the thing is, like, women, we want this lifestyle that's not even realistic nowadays. Mm. Like, we want men that make more than we do, mm. and we want them to pay all of the bills. But it's like, we record, we all have our nails done. We have, um, we get our hair dyed. We have makeup. We have all of this stuff that costs money because we want this lifestyle. And I've had girls come on my show, and I say, would you, would you date an average guy for companionship, but you would have to go down in lifestyle? And they say, no, we're addicted to lifestyle. Mm. Mm. That is our generation in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. And, and I have to agree. We're addicted to lifestyle and we're addicted to perceived lifestyle as well. Mm-hmm. Not even attaining it. Like there's a lot of people carrying bags that they shouldn't be carrying. Mm-hmm. Like they're going bankrupt on all of these vanity items and they're not making real investments in their life. Or no. they have thousands of thousands of dollars of loans, student yes. loan, but there you are carrying something luxury. <laughs> I've heard T.D. Jake say, and I don't think I've said this on previous episodes, that billionaires do not wear these name brand clothes or bags. They're investing money. They're buying clothes from Gap or Old Navy. You'll see them in pants from Old Navy. They really do not care about being flashy and showy. And that's not to say that you can't have nice things, but also like you can, you know, a man could care less about that bag. Yeah. So who are you really wearing that bag for? For yourself. You're wearing it for yourself. But to show off, I guess, but for the culture, yeah, for the culture, like you've made it. 
A man would care more about the fact that he bought you a luxury bag yeah. than the fact that you are carrying a luxury bag. Yeah, now, let true. that simmer. Yeah. That's the difference. You have two women carrying the same bag, and one of them's winning, and one of them is single, mm-hmm. and is probably going to be single for a long time. And it's not that she shouldn't have bought herself that bag. It's the mindset that this bag makes a difference for me in the world of dating. Yeah. But I feel like partially why we're so um, vanity driven is because we have been taught to have more. Like we've been taught to like have such a consumer mentality and we're almost like addicted to the high high of getting something new, wearing it. I mean, I, I think of our kids, you know, opening up presents, presents like on Christmas or birthday. They get so many things. They don't even have time to indulge in that one gift. They, they just have the, uh, the excitement of opening up the gift packaging and then yeah. setting it aside. They don't even remember that they received but we it for do, their birthday. we do that ourselves, right? Yeah. We buy items because we saw it on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, and it really holds no strong value in our life. It doesn't have a strong return, I would say. Yeah. And that's what she's saying. Like, men are looking when they come into the dating process. Either they're looking for a woman who's going to give them sex, right? Yeah. And the kind of woman that will give them sex very quickly is not the kind of woman that they would put a ring on. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, the next clip that goes into literally, like, seconds after that, uh, the guy speaks up and he talks about, um, you know, do you know what it means to be a woman and feminine? He said just because you have a tight skirt on and you're standing around being pretty but can't hold down a conversation does not mean that you know what it means to be a woman, which I thought was interesting to hear from a man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, again, I think the beauty standards that women feel so pressured to live up to are imposed upon them by other women. Yeah. Let's let's think about it for a second. <clears throat> Who are the publishers of these female magazines? Whether it be Marie Claire, Vogue, any of these that you find on the rack, maybe apart from Uh, some of the more salacious or Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. But let's just be honest. Men aren't attracted to even that standard of beauty. Like, look at your face. If you're watching us by video right now, Victoria's got a very clean face of makeup on. She's got some makeup on, but it's very clean. It's very minimal. She didn't go in there and powder and contour and do all of that kind of stuff, unless I'm wrong. Am I wrong? (laughs) Quick 10-minute... Makeup. I do that for special occasions or if I have time. But this this is beautiful to me. I'm okay with the makeup and some of the other things, and it looks gorgeous, you know, no matter what she puts on. But the everyday woman that I see, that that realism of who she is, is what I find most attractive and what the average man find most attractive. Average men, you know, when it comes to sex, like they – they aren't really concerned that you have the perfect body without cellulite. Mm. You have told yourself or other women have told you that cellulite is a problem for men. You tend to project. And I think that sometimes a man doesn't even notice it or like in a marriage, especially like, do you think I'm fat? Like, I don't know if you want the honest truth or you're just trying to validate the fact that you feel insecure about yourself and you feel like maybe you need to lose some weight. And somehow you want your spouse to pitch in. But either way, he's probably going to be in the doghouse. <laughs> I actually think that that's not the question women are asking. 
I think the question they're asking uh, is, am I fat? Is, is, is my mentality of myself reflective in reality? Mm. Because they don't ask the question, do you think I'm fat? Because they know every man is going to say, no, you're beautiful, no matter what size you are. Mm-hmm. They never ask, do you think I'm fat? You always ask, does this make me look fat? Or am I fat? Do I need to lose some weight? Those sorts of things. But yeah. you never really ask me those questions ever. Yeah. I think I'm pretty self-aware of myself, so I know what I need to do. I think I would probably ask you those <laughs> questions probably I'm more. Like, I mean, I care. But I'm not going to be consumed by it because I personally have went through that. Let, let's keep listening to some of these clips here and responding. And you, I think men are allowed to be selective in who they date. And like, I think men are allowed to have standards. And if that's their standard, so be it. And it's not, it's not every single guy. But I think in general, if you pull men, would you rather have a girl that slept with 100 or slept with one? They would pick one, and 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 I are they less picky than they were a hundred years ago? Sure, you were Probably. a hoe if you slept with three people a hundred years ago, right? Right. So are they less picky now? Sure, but you can't undo the wiring. What what in general men want? So where would you say that's come from in terms of them wanting that? Where would you? It's say biological it's because they, they, that had to okay, biology develops. You, I'll right? tell you. So where is that developed? So from? historically, historically, they had to ensure paternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I get what she's saying. And again, this is her name is Pearl. Just pearly things is her on YouTube. Um, please know what you're getting into. If you go and look, um, there's profanity, etc. It's not a channel that we necessarily recommend. But we know that people, maybe you are already see, hearing some I mean, of we these see clips. It. It's, a, yeah. it's the views and the likes and but the, the thing the that, that she, join in the conversation, the thing that she comes to the table with is pure logic, yeah. right? Statistics a lot of the time. And then, uh, psychological reasoning like tracing back and say why does a man really want this yeah um it's in his wiring his Mm -hmm. brain is wired towards paternity towards you know um passing on his lineage for providing for protecting and that sort of thing and it's really within a nature of a woman um to be a nurturer and a mother as well but we've women have suppressed this because the common thread is that stay-at-home moms are not as valuable as women who have, you know, achieved a lot in their career. We don't hold those. Let's be honest. We don't hold those women to the same uh, category of success within our society. I think if you were to put women on the spot, they might say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," the stay-at-home stay-at-home woman. But it's not what they tell you to be in school. Yeah, you know, you don't go to college and 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 you don't sit down with a counselor and them say. Uh, you know, you say, well, I want to be a mom and they go, okay, then don't worry about college. No, they say, well, go to college anyways, because you might change your mind or you'll get there soon. And we push off this idea of motherhood, but there is a biological clock. And that's why age, I think is important to men as well. What I do want to say is if you're a woman out there who has a history of, of sexual promiscuity, or if you're of a certain age, we are not saying these things to discourage you, right? Right. We are saying these things to help you understand the logic of the average man. Because the fact of the matter is, women have a different kind of biological clock than a man does. And although it seems unfair, you know, that's just the way God designed it. And you mm-hmm. can't fight against that. Yeah. I think that we have certain advancements in medicine where you can freeze eggs and do these certain things. But if you are a woman who wants children, 
you have to make that decision before a certain time, especially if you're if you don't have the privilege or the means because it's very expensive to be able to do those things. And that's not even talking about the ethics of if we should do those things. Yeah. Okay. That's a separate conversation. But if you're of a certain age and you're a single woman, you have to start reevaluating what is valuable to you in a man. You're going to start having to think to yourself, I'm going to need a man who's probably been married before, you know, a man who has kids, a man who may be widowed, depending on how old you are, you know, and, and that pool of men does get smaller and smaller. It's not that you can't date younger men, depending on how young that you're talking about. Um, it's whether or not those men will really, when it comes down to it, want to marry you. And everybody claims that they're the exception to the rule. And that's fine. And if God has spoken to you specifically and rained down with, you know, this audible voice from heaven, you know, then you don't need this podcast or this particular episode. But what we are telling you is the reality of this is what a man is looking for in a woman. And now let's turn the equation on its head, Mm -hmm. right? Let's not just talk about the average man. But let's talk about the man of God that you're looking for. Yeah. What is he looking for in a biblical woman, in a godly woman? And I want Victoria to go into um, a little of the scripture and and what she found. You know, there's a lot of uh, different powerful women in the Bible. We, We think of Ruth and Mary and Rachel and Rebecca and they definitely demonstrate what it means to be a strong leader, a wise mother, and a faithful individual. But I think what we esteem is the Proverbs 31 woman, of course. And I think, um, you know, it really is kind of directed at women, like that esteemed woman. But what was interesting when I read it this time, I have never seen it this way. Um, I think a modern-day woman maybe who, you know, has this belief that, the whole Bible is men, you know, written by men, and it's a bunch of legalistic rules and stuff like that. This chapter is actually uh, uh, spoken. spoken to uh, King Lamuel by his mother. So at the beginning, if you read uh, Proverbs 31, and you can go, you know, read tonight for your devotional or this morning, um, it says, Proverbs 31, the saying of King Lamuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Listen, my son, listen, son of my womb. And then she goes down about, um, you know, don't waste your energy on women. Um, And she goes down the list of, you know, not being drunk with wine. And to me, when I understood how powerful this chapter is, because it's actually written by a woman for women versus what a lot of people thought this is just written from a man. It's an unrealistic standard is what a lot of people look and feel defeated. Yeah. Especially when you, you know, see the list of all these things that this woman um, accomplishes in what seems to be in the day. And we as women, you know, wear multiple hats. And I think that's what's so powerful about us is that we are nurturers and we see different sides that a man does. But together, united, we make this one union where, you know, your husband sees something that you may not see and maybe more the logical side and then something you may see that he may not see because you are more of like a prophetic voice in, you know, in the life of your husband and in the life of your family. So I kind of went down kind of verse by verse of different qualities that this um, 
Proverbs 31 woman has, and what we would say um, biblically what are the qualities of a high-value woman is. So number one, she is virtuous. And in another translation, it says that she's capable. Um, And virtuous to me means, or in general, it means high moral standards. It's a person that has a high bar. Like they don't settle. They know what they're standing for, what they believe. And I feel like a virtuous woman would be somebody who is confident in who God has made her to be, you know, uh, knowing her purpose and her assignment. And that doesn't mean that you will question and doubt, um, you know, what your assignment may be from time to time. But I think um, in general, you're really sure of who God made you to be. I think that when you talk about virtue from that perspective, capability, like you know what you're capable of. I want to tell all of the women out there, especially, well, both married and dating, but in this conversation, the ones who are single, you hold more power than you think you do. Mm -hmm. I think women, because oftentimes they're the ones that are to be asked out on a date, that they feel like they're just sitting around waiting on a man yeah. to to come and 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 find them yeah. right but i think if you know what you're capable of you know the bar that you should set um you'll be able to attract a man and put yourself out there in a non-threatening way right um to be able to show yourself before men um without it coming across like you're trying to pursue the the man I don't find it to be a virtuous thing for a woman to pursue a man at all because the the vast majority of women that we counsel who are married find that they're not being pursued. And when you start pulling at the thread, who initiated the relationship? She did. Yeah. You know, who is more sexually aggressive in the dating process? She was. Mm. And so it's that you were trying to to snag him when it wasn't really his desire to pursue you, and then you're going to expect him to all of a sudden pursue you in marriage. Yeah. But you hold more power than you think you do because if you raise the bar and you say, I'm capable of this, I I have this this virtue, mm-hmm. men are attracted to that. Yeah. Men who the woman is bold enough to say no toward mm-hmm. to sexual advances n- not predatory sexual advances but just natural in the dating process for her to say you know I'm putting a line here you know if you want it you know you can put a ring on it or that she is able to hold a conversation and stimulate him not just sexually but intellectually as yeah, well absolutely. that's very attractive to a man yeah he wants a woman who's not just beautiful but beautiful and conversational yeah. uh, and not just using up her word bank, but actually bringing something to the table when it comes to that conversation. And so, yeah, virtue, capability, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's wifey material. And and I know for some women out there that maybe, you know, ha- have these qualities and have these high standards that they have, you know, in, in their heart. And sometimes they feel discouraged because they, are, they see some of their friends or people that are are around that go on more dates than they do. And that can be very discouraging. I mean, I remember myself seeing, you know, some other females that were very flirtatious and I was not that way. I was very straightforward. And that was very challenging because I also wanted to be pursued. But I think when I look back, I'm so grateful that I didn't waste my time or, 
you know, give myself up to somebody that didn't deserve me or didn't have the capacity for who I was. And I'm not, you know, saying this to toot my horn, but I think if you have that kind of a standard, you will attract that kind of a man. Um, Ryan, I always say that he was the first man that I was intimidated by. Like any man that I ever talked to, like I could tell by their conversation, they're trying to weasel themselves in, but that wasn't really them. Um, so don't be discouraged if you are, you know, in that dating process or in, in that single um, zone and you have those standards and morals, um, hold tight to them because they will, you know, God will grant you the desires of your heart if, you know, you stay true and pure to what he's calling you to do. So don't be discouraged. And I think, too, on the conversation of virtue, like even with how you dress, I think you can show that you take care of yourself yeah. and that you're putting effort in without being too overtly sexual. Like yeah. know what you're trying to attract here. And to be honest, um, maybe slightly for a second, you might notice the woman who's wearing nothing, but the woman who is concealing certain things. And then you know that she's only going to reveal those things to someone that she values or she considers high value, all men want to be the high value man that she says yes to. Yeah. And so, you know, even being more modest in your dress, but taking care of yourself, putting effort in being fashionable, like that's attractive. But even looking at this, when it comes to how I saw Victoria, Victoria is obviously a beautiful woman. Every time I show someone a picture of Victoria, you know, that I meet on the street. Oh, this is my wife. You know, oh my gosh, she's a model. She's this or that. And I agree with that, but that's not why I married her, right? There's the attractiveness there physically, absolutely. But the first time I met her, I didn't really consider her over the rest of the girls that were in the room. We met at a public place, kind of like a concert. And really, she's one of six, and a lot of her other sisters were there too. And I didn't say to myself, oh, she's the most beautiful one among all of them. Because let's be honest, all of her siblings are model gorgeous. And I th I think that, you know, I noticed them as a whole, but I didn't necessarily say, okay, she's the most beautiful woman in the room, which obviously I see that now because I'm staring right at her. But when I was invited over to their house and everybody was there and I saw the way she served her family and the respect that they had toward her, then she caught my attention. And then I said to myself, hmm, this is a woman I want to get to know. Mm. And so I pursued that with her, not just based on sheer beauty, but because I knew the kind of woman that I dated before and had been disappointed by in terms of compatibility and the kind of woman I was looking for. Not that I was looking for a woman to purely be a servant, but I saw that she was interested in family and serving others in general. She had a spirit of hospitality and she, she loved to serve her family. Mm -hmm. And the first question that I asked her on our date was, you know, what do you want to do with your life? And she said a few things, but she said, mostly I want to be able to support my husband and, and raise a family like mm -hmm. family is priority. And that's the woman that I said, I want to marry. Yeah. 
And a lot of men feel the same way as me. So that first one, virtuous, really, it's it's really dense because it talks about, you know, how you're willing to preserve yourself and how you're willing to present yourself beyond just the physicality. But yes, in that physicality as well, being modest, but also attractive. You know, and it's interesting because the clips that we heard um, also, even the world is attracted to purity. Absolutely. That's exactly what they're attracted to. Like, even regardless whether or not they are sleeping around themselves, what a lot of people are attracted to is purity. How many people have they been with? And, I mean, I know that's not our standard, but it's just interesting that even a person who may not, you know, have um, this perspective or this biblical knowledge or, you know, this outlook on life as we do uh, as Christians they still yearn for that purity and that person that has, you know, saved themselves for that one special someone. And, and listen, we're not talking about BC before Christ. We understand that some of you may have a history. We're talking about AD after yeah. he died and resurrected and brought you with him. What is the standard that you have chosen for your life? I think any reasonable man of God, when he's having a conversation with a woman who is saved would consider his past and her past as covered under the blood. But I think he's interested in sort of the standard that she has now, because listen, there's a lot, there's a reason why the song that Beyonce recently put out called a church girls, which I did not listen to, but because I saw so many people listening, I went and looked at the lyrics and it's, it's, it's completely offensive. I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but nevertheless, she is speaking to a sect of women that is within the church who show up on Sunday morning and they go on Saturday night and the rest of the week and they are promiscuous. You know, promiscuous. Yeah. I was going to say, say another it, word, yeah. but promiscuous. promiscuous. <laughs> yeah, so the second one, and I, again, I kind of went verse by verse and kind of summarized um, the verse of what is this high-value woman the Proverbs 31 woman. So the first one is virtuous. The second one is trustworthy. Um, when you go down that list, it talks about how her husband trusts her. Um, and the way the whole verse is written, it really feels like that he completely trusts her. Like he doesn't even second guess that she is going to do a good job at whatever that she is given. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you want to be. You want to be trustworthy, you know, with your word that you want to be a yes or no person. Um, I think a lot of us as females sometimes have a hard time um, deciding what it is that we want and oftentimes put it on the man to be the mind reader, even though when we don't really know what we want. So we have to learn to um, even sometimes talk, talk it out. Like for me personally, I know I never grew up like more emotionally in touch with in touch with myself. So there's often times when Ryan will ask me to respond to something and I, I I absolutely don't have anything. Like I literally have to sit there and like ponder on it so that I'm not saying anything offensive, but I also don't just conjure things up. Like what is it truly within my heart that it is that I'm desiring? So I don't, I'm not like that fickle person that goes back and forth. A man doesn't want a woman who's ambiguous. Yeah. I think that all women have this air of mystery about them. Um, but we also don't want to feel like like that clip that she just said. We also don't want to feel like that there's these endless mazes of riddles that we have to get through 
to connect with you. Yeah. Right? Like, break it don't down. Play games. Men, like, don't play literally, games. Like, literally, if you're going to be serious and you're looking for wife material, nobody wants to be playing games. Like, nobody wants to feel like that they're pursuing somebody and it's a mystery and it's like one day you're this, the next day you're this. Like, that's, that's why freaky. a lot of women, I think, are <laughs> like, because they do play games, then they, it, it, um, they get this stereotype that women are crazy. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I understand hormones and everything like that. I'm not saying that there isn't a, me- a measure of reasonable variation in your personality, but even men have the, those hormone fluctuations every single month. I think what men are looking for is that you're not going to you're you're not going to hold you're not going to run them around, yeah. you know, waiting on a better thing, yeah. so to speak. We want to know that you're interested in us as much as we're interested in you. Like when a man is pursuing you, a lot of men are a lot more afraid than you think that they are in coming up to you. It takes a lot of guts to approach a woman, especially a strange one. And and then we have this, we have this thing. We could be rejected. So don't play so hard to get in, in the sense of that you're not open to conversations that, that you would dismiss me just because of the way that I look or, you know, I'm grateful that, that Victoria didn't dismiss me, although she almost did because I wasn't Russian or Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. But I think she came around to her senses after we were friends for a while. But had she been so gung-ho about that particular thing, like he has to be Russian or Ukrainian or Slavic in some way, like... If she would have been so gung-ho, I don't know. Maybe she would have hey, married and listen, some, someone else. Maybe she'd still be single. I don't know. Yeah, well, sometimes you do have those non-negotiables that you think are non-negotiables. But I think when you start having conversations with people, you think to yourself, is this really a non-negotiable? Or it's just something that I conjure up in my mind and I truly believed it because of previous experiences of this group of people. You know what I'm saying? So I think making sure that you do have your non-negotiables, but also being flexible, maybe the Lord is trying to teach you something. So sometimes you may have to bend that list a little bit and um, you're not going to get, you know, that perfect somebody because you're not perfect either. But I think being flexible and being reasonable, sometimes it's not realistic. And being trustworthy, telling, telling the truth, right? Yeah. If you feel like you've gone through a certain season of a relationship and you know within your heart of hearts that this is not the person for you, be integrous and end it. Yeah, for and, sure. And you're, Don't you're, drag it on. They are seat filling for someone else and be okay with being alone until another opportunity comes. So yeah. what's next? The next one is good and kind. Um, and it comes from a verse that says that she does her husband good Um, and not evil all the days of her life. And I think of, you know, just kindness that replicates not only to your spouse, but to your children, to your family. I think one of the hardest things, especially when you get married, the person that you're closest to sometimes, um, those are like the hardest people to show kindness to sometimes because you get on each other's nerves and sometimes you see not such pretty sides of each other. So I think we show a lot more grace to strangers than we do the closest family members. Yeah. So it speaks very highly that this woman is kind to her husband. I'm sure he had his own deficiencies, but uh, she was still doing him good and, um, you know, having a kind heart. Is it always, you know, replicated? Is it always something that you you will always do? Sometimes you're not going to be that person and um, you have to be that person that has those morals and standards and, you know, um, be that kind of person that uh, apologizes and corrects their way. Uh, Number four, that she has a strong work ethic, and that's like the 
biggest portion, I think, of this whole Proverbs 31 chapter is how creative she is and innovative and how she gives tasks to her servants and how she, um, you know, considers something and finds it profitable and she, she buys plans it. Ahead. She plans ahead. Um, her family is, you know, is not going to experience, you know, bad weather or go through cold because they're doubly clothed. You know, she makes silk and linen and then she sells it and, and she, she sells yeah. it. And it's just like, I think when, pe- when women read those a few stanzas, it's like, oh well, my goodness, how many more things can she but do? But I think that that <laughs> is female empowerment. That is the first way feminism at its finest. If we talk just strictly the, the first goal of feminism, which was, Equal opportunity for women, you know, opportunity for them to advance in the marketplace, to have equal rights in voting and say within our country. You know, all of those things are noble, and yeah. I'm glad that we fought tooth and nail for those things. But this is that chapter. It's it's saying a woman who can hold it down at home yeah. and a woman who can also make, a, make money on the side yeah. and be an entrepreneur, mom, wife. I mean, this is Deborah. Who was a judge, but she was a wife. She yeah. was a warrior, but she was a mom. And so it's not impossible. As long as you have good good work ethic and you you wake up every every morning with a sense of purpose. You yeah, know? For sure. And then um number five is that she carries herself with dignity. Um and you know, we've talked about how we when you go to certain places, you know the kind of decorum you carry yourself with. Yes. Whether you dress a certain way and a lot of times I hear females say, especially in this modern world, like, well, I want to dress whatever, whichever I want to dress, and they shouldn't be looking at me. And I'm like, well, men are visual, so they cannot help it. Like, that's just what they they see. Like, you you pull it out there, like it's all out in the open. What, what do you want them to do? I you think, want- I think well, that's not giving a pass to men either. No, it's not. But I think as women, we have to carry ourselves with some sort of dignity. Like, what is your motivation of exposing yourself? Like, are you trying to, like, attract a certain kind of a man? And you will and have a one night stand. But is that truly the kind of man that you want? Like, do you want a man to protect you? Or do you want some kind of sleazy man that's like like predator style? I, I saw somebody put it this way. You know, you can walk down the street with a diamond chain on. Right, that's worth you know tons of money. Um, would you also walk down a back alley that you know was filled with robbers and thieves? Uh, well, you could, but then is it also unreasonable to think that you might be robbed? Absolutely not. I mean, you, when you, when you go out into the world every single day, the truth is we should be able to be free to express ourselves and dress whatever way. I mean, Adam and Eve were, for all intents and purposes, naked and unashamed. Like, yeah. was that how it was always supposed to be? We're all supposed to be naked. Do we have clothes in heaven? We could say that. But again, you're talking about an immoral, sinful world, uh, a, a lot of which has not been redeemed. And then even of the ones who are redeemed, like we're still battling. And so you maybe you should be able to do those certain things, but you also have to be reasonable. I'm not going to tell my daughter, oh, go out and not expect to find trouble on the other end of that decision. Yeah, Not sure. that you, and it's a balancing out because it's not that you brought on, you know, bad behavior from a man, but you also put yourself in a dangerous position that I would not recommend you do as a man and as a father. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. 
What's next? Uh, the next one is that she is wise, and that verse talks about when she opens her mouth, she speaks with wisdom. Um, and I think that we as women have to be mindful about, you know, the kind of words that come out of our mouth, not only towards other people, but I think even to ourselves, like what we said about being confident and sometimes projecting our thoughts onto our spouse and saying, um, do I look fat or does this make me, this dress make me look fat? And that's not to say that, you know, you don't have those times of hesitation or doubt about yourself, but making sure that you speak life over yourself, um, speak life over your children, over your family. And those are the words of wisdom. I mean, um, sometimes we can be so consumed about somebody else's lifestyle or gossip. And we are so preoccupied about it that, you know, we now are engulfed with somebody else's lifestyle versus how can I better myself and how can, how can I instruct my children just like this mom of this king? I mean, this this mom was instructing a king of what a yeah, virtuous woman is. don't be distracted by all these other women. Yeah, this is a powerful woman that has... And you you're know, talking about Proverbs, so it's a book of wisdom. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But and it, actually, a woman, the wisdom is referred to as a woman in the book of Proverbs, which yeah. is very interesting. A woman is her husband's chief advisor above everyone else. Mm. You know, that's what, you know, when we've had presidents and then the first ladies, I've prayed for the first ladies in as much as I've prayed for the presidents because I know at the end of the day, that's where they she, go. she has his ear. Yeah. And so uh, she could turn the tides in our country just because she lays next to him at night the majority mm-hmm. of the time. And sometimes we as women think that that's not – that doesn't sound like an honorable role, but if you think about it, all these men that have attained great heights and have had, uh, you know, a marriage and a woman to come home to, the con- kind of conversations that they had with their their woman, and I'm sure that the wisdom that these women have imparted into these men, yeah. Um, if the world was only run by a man, we would be all in trouble. But I think a woman sees, you know, not only just logically, but she sees the hearts of the people and the needy. And that's where um, number seven is that she's a giver and a nurturer. Women by nature are nurturers. They are drawn to nurture not only their own children, but when they see a need, they want to step in. And that's what this virtuous woman is or this Proverbs 31 woman is. Um, she extends her hand out to the needy and to the poor and to those that are around her. I know that I'm very drawn to, I think, be very sympathetic or empathetic to people that um, have uh, that are walking through a season that I walk through, and I didn't have anybody. Um, even just having an, an encouragement or a word as uh, a mom to hear another woman say, you're doing a great job, you're a good mom, you know, to hear that. Um, I didn't receive it, but I think seeing that, that those are the people that are in need. And your word um, or your meal that you prep um, can do such a great work in other people's lives. And the gist of this whole thing as a Proverbs 31 woman is that, you know, her children rise up and call her blessed and her husband wakes up and calls her blessed. And I think if you uh, look through these seven points, um, as qualities of a high-value woman or this Proverbs 31 woman, it makes it seem very much more attainable um, versus, like, looking at all the tasks that she does. Um, We may not do, you know, all the tasks that she's doing, but we may be, you know, given uh, an assignment in, you know, in the medical industry or an educational industry or wherever that God sends us. 
But I think all of us as women can wear multiple hats and be all that and more um, for our spouses and for our husbands. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I... You know, that know. the a good man, a high-value man, is not one who wants to hold his wife back. Yeah. He's building a team. He's the captain of a team. Yeah. But that doesn't mean uh, he's the sole decision maker. She is the chief advisor within the home, and they make the decisions together. He makes the decision but on behalf of of both of them. And one of the things that I want to kind of close this conversation with reminding you of is that Eve did not get the name Eve until she sinned and left out into the garden. And in fact, Adam was the one who gave her that name. Um, And what actually she was called in the Garden of Eden wasn't even really woman. But that word woman is translated as wife. What God pulled out of Adam was not a woman. What he pulled out of Adam was a wife. Mm -hmm. And he became known as Adam husband and she became known as Adam wife. And so become a wife and you'll attract a husband. As long as you stay that immature girl um, or even if you continue to pursue the accolades of a man because you feel like that that's what you're supposed to do, but not a secondary, then you're going to remain single more than likely. Um, you Again, you could defy the odds, but the, the thing about it is you just have to start prioritizing. If you want to be married, that is, and that's why you're listening to this podcast, you have to start prioritizing what it is the average man or a high-value man is looking for in a woman because he's not looking for a, just an, an ordinary woman. He's looking for a wife. Again, that's not for you to sacrifice your dreams and say, I'm not going to do this or that. Listen, while you're waiting, get your degree. While you're waiting, you know, start that business. Do those things that you've always dreamed of. But also, don't pressure yourself so much that, that you say, I'm not even going to think about dating until I've achieved X, Y, and Z. But open up that space in your heart, a place that only a man can fill. I say this to all the single women that we counsel. Every single man wants to be needed. Yeah. If a man doesn't have a gap that he's filling in your life, even if, he, even if you can take care of it yourself, if he doesn't recognize that you've opened up a gap for him to fill, then he's going to have no interest in you long term. Right. He's going to say, what can I get temporarily out of this situation? And and then he's going to move on and he's going to find a woman who has the values that he's looking for, but also has a gap that he can fill in her life. Mm -hmm. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And that's why we wanted to go through, you know, these two episodes about a high value man and a high value woman. But also just to say that we both as men and women carry you know, separate roles. Um, as Ryan mentioned before in the book, I love you more, most and forever, you know, gender roles and, um, you know, uh, all the good stuff that goes with it and what each one of us brings to the table. And both of us are like individuals, but when we become, when we come together, we, um, you know, are united in one mission and one accord. So one of the scriptures that I wanted to read is, um, first Corinthians 10, 
Um, it says, for man did not come from a woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for a woman, but woman for man. It is for this reason that a woman ought to have authority over her own head because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor is a man independent of woman. For as woman came from man, so also man is born of a woman, but everything comes from the, from God. I, I thought that was such a fascinating scripture because um, it talks about, you know, God's protocol of, you know, um, the authority of, or the umbrella that, that the, um, the family mm-hmm. dynamic, how, how it works. So uh, first goes God and then the husband, then the wife, and then everything else. But it also says how it's, they're inter, uh, they're interconnected. So they're not mm-hmm. independent from one another. Because every man has come apart from Adam. From has Adam come from, come from a woman. Yeah, so a woman. both of them are in need of one another. And it's the curse um, from, you know, the Garden of Eden that has us like, I think, bickering and trying to pull um, from each other and say, I can do better or I can do just as much or I can do and be as strong as you. But the truth is, it's not it's not a reality. I think even with all these modern things that we experience, I think that there's still certain things that carry through time. As you said, that there's nothing new under the sun. I think people uh, want those things for a reason uh, because they complete one another. Men and women do not have to be in competition with one another. In fact, the competition that we see between the genders and that dilemma stems from sin. Yeah. Uh, And that's what, you know, God said was the curse that was going to be upon Adam and Eve. But we're redeemed from that curse. When he said, you know, you're going to uh, want for your husband, but he's going to overpower you. Mm -hmm. Basically, you're going to struggle with this gender thing. Um, But through the blood of Jesus, we are restored to that rightful order of authority that comes from God dispensed through man Onto the woman. So we all have authority. It's simply how is it flowing? Like, yeah. well, what are the channels that it comes through? And of course, if you don't have a husband, that'll either come through male leadership, your father, um, or in certain circumstances, it'll come directly from God. Yeah. However, it's the design of God, His perfect order, that there be this chain of events where the dispersion of authority happens in the home. Um, was that first Corinthians 11 or first Corinthians 10? I think I had it in my Bible was 10. No, I'm sorry. It's first, first Corinthians 11. I was looking at something else in the top. So it's first Corinthians 11 starting at verse eight. eight. Yeah. Wonderful scripture. Well, this has been a great conversation. I hope that you women have uh, gotten a lot out of this and men. I hope that you've been taking notes as well as to, you know, what to look for in, in a woman. And uh, we're going to continue this conversation next week. We're going to be talking about dating strategies, how to put yourself out there. We're going to be offering a challenge to, to you um, to kind of break up your routine and find yourself among fresh bodies. I think a lot of times we get constrained to, to our circles and we don't put ourselves before newer options when it comes to the dating scene. And um, by the end of this series, we're going to announce something very special that we're going to be doing very soon um, to help 
match you guys together out there who are single looking for love. So make sure you're subscribed and that you like this and share it with all of your friends and hit us up at moremostforever.com. Also, if you want to join the conversation, there's a link in the description. You can leave us a voicemail. If you got a dating dilemma, you've got a text message thread, uh, a messaging back and forth with someone on a dating app and you want our advice, we'll hide your name. Um, you can send us that voicemail anonymously as well. But join in the conversation. We'll give you some wisdom. Yeah, please do. It's been a fun conversation. Hopefully you got quite a bit out of this because it was very in-depth. We'll see you next time. This has been Needed Conversations with Ryan and Victoria Cole. Bye-bye.